0: Welcome to a special episode of Mediterranean Sustainability Partners. I'm your host, Ellen Wasselina, and this is a very special Davos debrief episode, number one, with Christian Schmitz and Jörg Geier. Hello, gentlemen, how are you? Very good. Thank you. Good, good, it's so good to see you. Uh, And thank you again for responding to my invitation to join me today. You know, we just we uh, did an event in Davos, and you were there. I wasn't, but I was pleased to participate and support you. Um, would you like to tell us a little bit about? Um, we have, for example, the title. Correct me if I'm wrong. If I remember, energy security and planetary health. Um, uh, you know, how can AI and digitization support this? Maybe you'd like to give us a very brief introduction.
1: First of all. This, this is uh, all for uh, from me for, uh, in Japanese language. Lovely. I'm based in Tokyo and uh, I have already come back from Davos uh, last week Wednesday. No, this week Wednesday actually. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> yeah, so the the title of our event uh, was achieving planetary health and energy security the contribution of ai and digitization uh, we co-hosted with uh, schmidt futures uh, this is uh, eric schmidt uh, the former uh, google chairman's um, think tank mm-hmm. and uh, also with a global forum and with unece the europe uh, the united nations Euro- european Commission uh, Economic Commission for Europe so I I always mix that up but yeah um, the uh, some of the objectives were uh, to discuss uh, how AI and digitization can contribute in a positive way to mitigate climate change and to finally achieve planetary health planetary health is of course a, a very wide topic uh, it, hmm. it regards uh, not only people's health but uh, nature and ecosystems health as well we had a, a range of very interesting speakers and uh, maybe I give the word to Jörg so that he can uh, shed a little bit more light on which kind of speakers we uh, had lined up
0: excellent and maybe, Jörg, you would like to say a few words in German for our German audience. By the way, uh, on our podcast audience list, uh, Germany is third. And thank you so much for joining us again. And uh, Japan unfortunately will we'll improve that though. I'm sure with Christians now coming on uh, is 20th. So please, Jörg, go ahead.
2: Yeah, ja, hallo, and viele Grüße aus Berlin, where I jetzt momentan sitze. Und yeah. uh, ich freue mich über meine Erfahrungen in Davos uh, ein paar Sachen, ein paar Gedanken zum Ausdruck zu bringen. Yeah, from, from Berlin. And <laughs> uh, happy to Contribute And thank you for the invitation. Yeah, I mean, as Christian said, I think it's very important with all the, the gloomy news sometimes around the dangers uh, of uh, potential dangers of AI, etc. But also to look at the opportunities, because uh, I think these days uh, we are Uh, listening a lot to the glass half empty, but there's also the glass half full. And and I think AI can make an immense contribution to sustainable development in general. And that's why, as Kristen explained, we looked uh, at at, in Davos, we looked at planetary health and the interconnections uh, between the different areas and and also how AI can contribute the various um, parts of sustainable development.
0: So tell us a little bit about maybe the speakers and uh, what their contribution was to this overall subject.
2: Yeah, I uh, moderated the the first uh, panel, which was on planetary health and systems stability, and uh, we had quite a range of speakers, uh, ranging from Dr. Oliver Gottfried, who is uh, who runs an AI uh, group, and he's also a postdoc at MIT Sloan School. So he uh, looked at uh, things from uh, a practitioner perspective, and so did the other speakers. We had uh, Dr. Shafi Ahmed, uh, professor, Um, and CEO of Medical Realities. And he looked at the opportunities of using AI in a medical context um, so that patients do not have to be on site anymore, but can actually be treated uh, from from a distance, which has uh, many advantages, cost, time, uh, are only a couple. Um, Then we had um, uh, um, also... um, Himanshu Gupta and Climate AI. Um, and I think Dr. Michael Kaldusk Christian, he did not contribute in the end. Um, but uh, we, we, right. had, yeah, we had quite quite a few different perspectives. And, and I think that's the value of the discussion that you you look at things from a, a cross-disciplinary perspective.
0: Yeah, absolutely that That sounds like a great group of people. So
2: hmm. uh,
0: Christian, maybe tell us tell us what your objectives were for this and what were your takeaways, perhaps. Can you tell us what you learned or what what's the next step, maybe? What is PDI group going to do with this uh, following this event?
1: Yeah, our, our objective uh, is always uh, of course to bring together uh, some of the examples of the most outstanding innovators. On the one hand side we we have uh, thought leaders we have economists and uh, we want to bring together a diverse group of people and then we have uh, on the one hand side the speakers on the other hand we have the participants and uh, we involve the participants also actively in group discussions Um, by the way uh, jörg has uh, just Uh, mentioned about the first panel we had two panels Uh, the second panel was uh, on AI and energy uh, system stability Uh, we had um, for example uh, Peter Therium uh, from from Neom Uh, Neom has a company called Enoa which is for energy and water Um, Mm -hmm. we had um, several other speakers Layton for example is, is a battery company from uh, San Francisco, uh, very advanced uh, and very interesting company. Um, we had um, Berthold Bauer Karlik. He's he's a he's a CEO of a an investment company from Austria. He was not there in person, so he he actually broadcasted a video for us. Uh, they are very mm-hmm. active in AI and uh, sustainability, and work on an initiative uh, which is also supported by the EU. Uh, with mm. uh, the city of, um, actually I forgot which city it was, but um, if, <laughs> if somebody okay. is interested in that, uh, yeah, it's, it's sure. a U- European initiative. Also, um, mm. the, we had actually the uh, Undersecretary General uh, who is the Executive uh, Secretary of um, the UNECE. Uh, she mm-hmm. gave kind of a keynote address uh, in the beginning Tatiana
2: Maltian, that was the executive secretary of the u.n economic commission for europe that was a first keynote speech
0: terrific
2: yeah
0: what was her message
2: gosh um yeah i mean uh, it was <laughs> like uh, focused mainly on the the european aspects of sustainability strategies ahead uh, including kind of the the vast amount of collaboration that is already going on emphasizing the needs to collaborate between the private sector and uh, and academia something i also feel personally rather passionate about because it's it's very important to think about these cross sector collaborations which are not but- yet happening enough because if if we want to bring about the changes we need we need both especially the private sector
0: Absolutely. I think research and development, uh, especially in the private sector or by universities, you know, uh, I think there should be a triangular approach, obviously, public, private and the universities and be able to benefit, you know, this research and development. Of course, we're not investing enough in research and development. As you know, we should be at least investing at least 3% of our GDP, for example, 4% of the top, you know, uh, like 5%, for example, I believe, are South Korea, Israel and, if I'm not mistaken, Japan is not far behind. But many countries are not doing that investment and so they can't find these solutions. So, as you said, this collaborative effort and the, just the, the personalities that you managed to bring together around the table were very interesting. Perhaps, Christian, uh, can you go into what was said? Maybe I'm very interested in batteries and how batteries and maybe AI can can provide us with, with clean energy. Was it about energy that you were talking about in that roundtable?
1: yeah exactly i mean um, of course you know that energy storage is one of the uh, crucial uh, parts to the equation so if if you have solar or wind energy uh, you have not always uh, stable energy uh, but you have peak peak uh, performances and in the peak performance you actually need to to store the energy and with energy storage uh, at the moment uh, people are working on Different solutions, many different solutions, many different types of materials, and um, it's very important to to find some uh, material which uh, doesn't put too much pressure on the environments. If if you if we have, for example, the uh, conventional lithium lithium ion lithium batteries, ion. Uh, it would actually put a lot of pressure on on the environments. Uh, we know that for the mining, you need uh, millions of. Uh, gallons of water and um it's a very exhausting process to to mine lithium and also lithium is is quite limited uh, and right. uh Layton had a kind of a new approach to lithium so they they huh. could reduce uh, and they could increase the efficiency of of uh, lithium uh do you remember what their still...
0: reports <clears throat> how, how do lithium... they
1: differentiate Lithium sulfur, was, was was what they they were using, but oh. um, because I was the organizer, I was also a little bit distracted and could not always uh, <laughs> listen to to the to the to the last detail. Of course. Um, so but we'll get we, them we on could, the
0: podcast, maybe. Maybe we can invite. We, them we, on we should we them. should
1: get Lars Herlitz. What is is the name of the chairman, and and he okay. was there. Uh, he okay. presented um, about his company. Yeah, energy storage. And then, of course, we had the, the view of somebody who has a very ambitious uh, job and role from Neom. Uh, Neom is the city of the future, which Saudi Arabia yes. is planning. And uh, he's in charge of energy and water. Uh, he had been the CEO of uh, one of the large uh, energy companies in Europe before. And now his, his, his ambitious plan would be to make these neom uh, projects all completely uh, renewable and um, sustainable in in energy. And th- I, I this was is- going to
0: say that he, what are his challenges? Because you know, trying to build something in the middle of the desert—I believe it's in southern Saudi Arabia—to uh, be completely self-contained, uh, and maybe you know, is it uh, re- recycled or how, how? Do you do you have any insight on that? What did he tell you?
1: Yeah, of course. I mean, uh, the major energy sources would be solar, also sure. wind. Uh, to to a part, but then, yeah, how 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 to how to make this um, uh, really a stable energy source, and um, also the water problem is is there. How how to how to uh, provide water to. I think uh, Neom's line is is a 170 kilometers long line uh, which will be built in in the desert uh, and yeah. it will be um uh, quite quite tall and uh, the idea oh. is that uh, in this line 9 million people will be living and all these 9 people have million be... people Yes so wow.
0: <laughs> That's quite ambitious
1: that's quite ambitious and of course all of them will uh, consume a lot of energy uh, and uh, the inside of the line would have uh, a special climate which is not the desert climate of 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 the outside but it's it's a very uh, friendly climate to uh, human beings so yeah i mean it some people say that uh, Neom is not the best example of, of a future city because it lacks a little bit uh, being inclusive. Uh, so uh, it could be regarded by some people as an elitist uh, project, but um, yeah, th- there's there's much more to see. And, and I, I like it actually because it's, it's so ambitious and it shows sure. people from other countries uh, that uh if you if you can imagine something you can actually also uh, create something i
0: think that's great it's like a pilot project right and i'd love to interview him as well i think we can maybe do that yes. after after this podcast we can we can do something with him um so what what were now you were in the buzz in the you know of, of davos while you were there what did you hear maybe just some last takeaways uh, before I let you go, what 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 did you hear when you were there? What impressed you? What uh, what shocked you? What you know? What impressions did you take away from Davos?
2: You know, what, what I usually find is that there's a whole range of people. I think there are certain ideas and cliches about Davos, what it is. But I think it is it is many things. You can go uh, to Davos and, um, you know, a friend of yours goes as well. And you, have to, you can have two very different experiences. Sure. There's so many different side events where you find mainly entrepreneurs and, uh, um, you know, um, I would say, startup people from the startup environment, uh, investors, and then there's uh, the perhaps better known um, forum, um, the Congress Center, where a lot of the uh, well-known CEOs and world leaders are talking. That's a very different Davos. Mm -hmm. So I would say uh, there is a little bit for everyone who wants to bring about uh, interesting ideas. So I think that is my main takeaway.
0: Great. you are Christian? Hmm.
1: Yeah, so this year, uh, the overarching topic was rebuilding trust. And uh, the other uh, topic was the three Gs. Uh, It was uh, generative AI. AI was everywhere. Uh, (laughs) Then uh, geopolitics and green transformation. Uh, We had mainly these three topics also, which we were dealing with in our own event. But for example, the, there was an AI house, which, which was new this year. And whenever you would like to go to the uh, AI house, it was very difficult because it was overflowing with people. <laughs> and uh, yeah, as as Jörg had said, uh, there is a, is a broad mix of people. You can even see also people who come there for um, demonstrating. Uh, they believe that uh, Davos is a place for the global elite and um, that they, the global elite does not really think about uh, the average uh, person and mm-hmm. and so on uh, yeah we for me one uh, interesting surprise was uh, that I met Klaus Schwab the first time uh, he, he is the wow. founder of the World Economic Forum and he had a, a very Interesting and funny speech at the Japan night, and uh, ah, yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, that's great. You had a chance to meet then some personalities, and and you know, I imagine the ambiance, the weather was quite cold, right? And you were telling me there was a lot of snow this year.
1: There was a lot of snow. Actually, the the picture now in the background, uh, this is what yeah. I took on the Sunday before the conference started from the ski yeah. slope. So we we actually. Uh, went for skiing uh, oh, nice. and it was it was great it was uh, like minus 10 or even minus 12 on the top and uh That's good. yeah we we were from 2817 meters to 1300 meters endless uh, uh skiing wonderful
2: wonderful nice.
0: well i'm glad you got in some leisure i know how busy you are and i know how you know, when you're there, you want to talk to as many people as you can. And I understand, you know, it's not easy to get through the village and, and meet with everybody. Logistics apparently is a nightmare, right, in Davos. It's, yes. it, is it green? That was my question. Is there any green efforts to green the transport?
1: Um, I mean, you could see some electric vehicles, but uh, oh. the majority of the vehicles were Mercedes-Benz Uh <laughs> vehicles uh which were carrying you usually you couldn't see who was inside because uh, the the windows were darkened uh so yeah. a very secretive uh they but some people actually walked also up and down the promenade I I bumped into Bill Gates for example oh. and uh there was Sam Altman the famous uh open AI oh, yeah. guy yeah and yeah. I I ha- I attended one event with the uh, foreign minister of Saudi Arabia and the deputy okay. CEO of NEOM. Uh, we also met uh, uh, the prince of the Netherlands, who is also the climate envoy of the Netherlands. Oh, wonderful. We met a state secretary of, of the German Chancellery. Uh, we met wow. uh, a lot of, um, I mean, we attended one, one event, uh, which was FBN, Family Business Network, uh, where okay some of the most influential families uh, attended actually and it was it was all very good and now uh, I have uh, hundreds of business cards here and need to do the follow-up actually
0: <laughs> yeah tell me about this it's a good point and I want to finish on this what I heard anyway from you know I watched a replay since I couldn't attend was this um push for philanthropy to get involved uh in all these endeavors and um, can you tell us a little bit about that? You just mentioned the family uh, office network. I mean, is philanthropy also a solution to the green transition? Obviously, public-private partnerships, um, NGOs, etc., nonprofits. What, what role do you think and what, was, what is your understanding how philanthropy can play a role?
2: I mean, I would say it's even broader than just philanthropy. Uh, Impact investing is a term that you hear more and more. So it's really the two approaches, uh, both uh, the more commercial approach taking uh, an impact um, approach uh, where whilst investing. So looking at uh, at social environmental criteria, for example, in addition to return on investment criteria, that's certainly an ongoing trend and it's not just a, yeah. a trend that will go away. I, I think that uh, capital is looking for more purpose in general and that will go hand in hand f- with philanthropy. And is already going hand in hand, so I think that that is key that in this investment decisions will be made, not only on ROI criteria alone, but uh, looking at Good. the purpose uh, behind the project as well.
0: Excellent. Uh, if I can just in, finish in up of, with... uh, Go ahead, Christian,
1: please. In terms of philanthropy. Um, one, one of the terms which you could often hear was uh, catalytic capital. So that, that's cat- uh, you, you need a catalyst, basically, sure. in order to sometimes uh, start or prevent things from uh, dying out. Yeah, uh, so uh, catalytic uh, capital uh, is something where uh, especially philanthropy comes in. And this is also something where PDIE group uh, wants to play a role that we actually identify these uh, frontier uh, technologies and innovations and then uh, people can uh, actually donate uh, in, into our nonprofit vehicle and then we we can uh, give grants or reinvest uh, these this money
0: that's terrific um just on a last note thank you very much for for concluding on on pdi group and what what it is you do and remind us again what that is just uh, on a last note what do you think will come next year at davos uh, what do you think the next big subject? Can you anticipate that a little bit for us? Perhaps just a, <laughs> just a, <laughs> just an idea of maybe what what comes next. Did you have the, the Dr. Klaus Schwab tell you what he was going to do next year? <laughs> <laughs>
1: he he didn't tell me anything, but <laughs> maybe <Okay. laughs> maybe Jörg. But um, <laughs> I can imagine uh, that uh, last year it was the first time they talked about AI and uh, mm-hmm. they talked a lot about AI. Uh, this year they talked even more about AI. Um, and maybe uh, one of the big topics which could arise is uh, putting, putting an, a constitution like, like for, for the governments that uh, uh, we have to actually uh, um, embed human values and principles. Into AI, so that that uh, we actually prevent um, AI from uh, a self-propelled growth, which could could have negative consequences. This this could be one one.
0: So like an AI constitution, a global global constitution. Yeah. Then, okay, York. Any last thoughts?
2: Well, I mean, uh, the world is a complex place. So I wish the 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 World Economic Forum would take even a stronger look on uh, interdisciplinary aspects. I mean, for some time there was also the World Social Forum, which uh, I'm not even sure whether it's around anymore. And um, the, since since then, the World Economic Forum has also been integrating uh, more kind of a wider. Uh, I would say, broad-based topic looking also at the needs of uh, developing countries and emerging economies. And I think... Uh, given the world's complexities, um, you know, I think there should be a stronger focus on, uh, on other parts of the world as well and not, not just uh, industrialized countries. So, I mean, that's more of a wish than an actual insight, but uh, I hope that uh, the broad-based dis- discussions are going to continue.
0: Excellent. Thank you. Thank you so much, gentlemen. York and Christian, thank you so much for joining me on the podcast today.
2: Thank you. gozaimashita. <laughs>